This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Logical Weight Loss Podcast for October 9th, 2010. Today we're talking about, well, what about now? Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to dip to diet thin. Won't tell you lies thin. I want smaller thighs thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to All right, welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson. Our website is LogicalLoss.com. You can email me, Dave, at LogicalLoss.com. You can call in your comments. I'd love to hear from you. 888-563-3228. We're going to kick you right in the pants today. I love this tune. It's a minute and 40 seconds, so if you don't like it, fast forward a minute and 40. And let's see if you can guess who this is. I love it. Look now, but there's another rocky road. The heavy wild, nothing much too heavy, heavy low. Today I'm gonna face it, yeah, cause I'm sick of dealing in any other way. Nobody said the race was fair, but I'm gonna keep running just the same. Today, today, the first day, the rest of my life. The rest of your life starts today. Look now, but here comes another heartbreak. Benefit of the doubt, I give it control of my life, I gotta take. If you haven't guessed it already, that is Prince. The song is called The Rest of Your Life, talking about, hey, today, why not start now? And that's what I did today. I uh, woke up, and I have not been doing, for whatever reason, I'm kind of back on track, but I'm not seeing the results on the scale that I want. And I went 
and I watched my stepdaughter run two and a half miles. She's on the track team. And I, I've said this before. There are no fat track people. You know, all these kids, high school kids, they're all stick figures and they're all running, you know, two and a half miles today. And I looked at my wife and I said, you know, I don't think I could even run a mile. You know, it makes you wonder what you can do. And yet, if you're watching the new season of The Biggest Loser, there are all these people that finish these challenges and in some cases get voted off the the show right there. But they're like, hey, because I did 500 steps, I know I can do anything. So I went to the gym today and I said, okay, we're not going to like run as fast as I can until I drop, but I'm going to take the treadmill up to where I have to jog, which for me was uh, six miles an hour. And I walked a mile at about four miles an hour, which is a really brisk walk. And then I took it up to six miles an hour and I ran slash jogged the second one. And I got to tell you when I got, 0.36 into that mile, the voice in my head went, okay, well, this was a fun experiment. (laughs) It's time for you to stop now. And I don't get the the runner's mentality because I've I've asked my stepdaughter about this. I'm like, why is running fun again? Because to me, um, you know, when you have to talk about running through the pain, to me, anytime I hear the word pain, I take that as my body saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing this right now. But I wasn't in pain, but I, w- I was just like, you know, my th- heart was definitely pumping up. I started sweating. And by the time I got to, well, the first thing I did is I quit watching the progress. I watched the TV at the gym and just occasionally kept down. And I just kept telling myself, you can do this. You can do this. All you got to do is keep your feet moving. I know your brain is telling you to stop, but, you know, your feet can still move. I haven't broken my leg yet, so let's keep going. So I just kept going. And I just kept going. and I just kept going. When I got to uh, half a mile, I was like, cool, you know, you could stop now and say, kudos to you. You've, you've done a half a mile and you didn't think you could do a quarter of a mile and you've done a half. And I was like, no, just keep going. Just push a little further. You can do this. So I kept going. I got up to 0.77. It was like, okay, my heart rate is, you know, my, my heart is pounding through my chest. I'm going to die. I'm, I'm wiping just a tsunami of sweat out of my eyes and uh, I really thought I was going to quit. And I was like, no, let's do this. And I actually bumped it up a little faster because I wanted it to stop. But I'm like, the only way I can make this stop faster is to run a little faster. So I went up to 6.6 just for a little bit and uh, then went back down to six. And sure enough, I ended up jogging a mile. Now I got off the treadmill. My face was as red as a tomato So I'm not sure how smart this was because after all, if you watch The Biggest Loser, these are people that A, have doctors around, they're heavily monitored, and this was just me being basically stupid in a gym. But it did let me know one thing, and that was the fact that, you know what, I I could do this because I did, and I'm proud of myself that I did. I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow, but I know I can say, yeah, if I have to, I can jog a mile. It was a little mind over matter, and the reason I was kind of on that is uh, if you listen to the last episode, you know that uh, I had a, a thing going on with the doctor where I couldn't eat after like seven o'clock. And I did it because the doctor ordered me to. And I'm like, well, that's just a mind over matter thing. And it wasn't super easy, but I did it. And basically today I jogged a mile because I just told myself you're not allowed to quit. 
Now, because we're talking about exercise, I need to say I'm not a doctor. And any kind of exercise you start should always be consulted with your doctor to do that. Like I said, I'm not sure how smart this was for me. My heart rate was basically at the max. But I knew, no, that my excuses are, are out the window because I, I, I jogged a mile today. So, and, and the reason I did that was because I said, well, yeah, maybe someday I'll jog a mile. Maybe someday I'll try that. Maybe someday I'll do this. Is that going to come through the recording? I'm recording this on a different system, and I think it records all of my system sounds, so it's going to let you know when I get mail now, which is what the one sound was. But there was a voice in my head that said, well, what about now? What about today? Let's make today the day that you can look back and say, yeah, that was the first time ever I jogged a mile. So maybe jogging a mile is a bit much. But could, today could be the day you get off the couch and walk around the block for the first time. Today could be the day that you take the stairs for the first time. Today could be the day that you quit watching your children play video games and you say, hey, come on, let's go throw the football around. Let's go ride bikes. We're going to talk about kids today and obesity and things like that, but if you're waiting for tomorrow, I got news for you. When you wake up, it's still the day. And there's always tomorrow. So quit planning for stuff for tomorrow and start doing things today. Alrighty. If uh, you need some more motivation to exercise and eat right, I got some uh, facts here. This was from uh, off of Yahoo, I believe says that an unhealthy diet can affect your career. says, we know that a bad diet can make us fat, but it can take a toll on your job as well. Some findings show that a poor diet can compromise morale and may reduce productivity as much as 20%. Now, the reason? When your body doesn't have the right fuel, your mind has to work much harder to execute mental tasks. Now, if you're having muscle pain, which I'll probably have tomorrow, uh, here's a tip. Ginger may ease muscle pain. In a study published in the Journal of the Journal of Pain, I thought that that's basically <laughs> I was gonna save that title for my autobiography. <laughs> in a study published in the Journal of Pain, participants took two grams of ginger for eleven days. On the eighth day they did a tricep exercise with heavy weight designed to cause muscle soreness. The result, the group that took ginger reduced exercise reduced ex Reduced exercise, induced pain by 25%. So there you go. Start eating ginger, apparently. Um, Exercise helps insomnia. We've talked about this in the past. In a recent study uh, published in Sleep Medicine, researchers found that exercise may improve sleep quality for people who have problems with insomnia. The exercisers also reported less depression, more energy, and less daytime sleepiness. Last but not least, fat cells work differently in lower body versus the upper body. An interesting study published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found that when we gain fat in the abdominals, our fat cells expand. When we gain weight in the lower body, our cells multiply rather than simply expanding. What's interesting about this is 
first, these findings may challenge the long-held belief that we have a certain number of fat cells that's basically set during adolescence. The second most interesting fact is that 28 people volunteered to eat giant candy bars, shakes, and other treats to gain weight for the study. I don't know that I would volunteer for a study that would make me fat. That's, that's a little weird. All right, last up here as we head towards the door. Um, this is from Rodale News. According to a 2007-2008 data, almost a third of young people aged 2 to 19 are overweight or obese. A third of our children are fat. 21.2% of 2 to 5-year-olds. 21%. 2 to 5-year-olds, 35.5% 6 to 11-year-olds, and 34% of kids 12 to 19. Now, bad diets, too many sugary drinks, and not enough exercise are well-known contributing factors. But more recently, researchers have documented a link between lack of sleep and obesity. Not getting enough sleep can leave kids lethargic, less likely to exercise, and more reports um, that now how much sleep children get before age five could be a decisive factor in how much weight they gain years later. So when you have your little one, and this is where I've never had a little one. You know, when I got married, I inherited teenagers, but I see parents that they want to be buddies with their children. And you don't want to do the hassle of having them cry because they don't want to go to bed. Realize you could be opening the door for obesity. Now, to investigate the connections between kids and sleep and obesity, researchers worked with data from 3,563 kids aged 13 and under. They found that for the younger kids, five or under, in 1997 when they started the study, those who got the least sleep for their age group were 80% more likely to be overweight or obese when recontacted in 2002. So five years later, if you didn't get enough sleep, you were 80% more likely to be obese. For kids older than five, what mattered was how much sleep they were currently getting. If they fell into the bottom 25% for their age group, their risk for obesity increased too. In all cases, nighttime sleep was what mattered. Daytime napping did not help at all. So what does this mean? Well, uh, what's especially important about this study is how Sleep affects weight gain in kids under five, says the study co-author Frederick J. Zimmerman. He's a professor of public health and chair of the Department of Health Services at UCLA. These kids nap, he explains. Nothing that parents of, of children that age wonder, you know, my kid doesn't sleep much at night, but he naps during the day. Is that okay? When it comes to the relationship between sleep and weight gain, the answer is no. Napping does not make up for lost sleep at night. Researchers don't know why insufficient nighttime sleep before age five seems to contribute to weight gain. Um, perhaps the psychological processes are disrupted by a lack of sleep. It could throw off a hormone level in kids in ways that increase hunger and appetite, for example. Um, in some ways, it, it, it does in adults, right? So maybe babies don't get enough sleep or are grumpy and dissatisfied, says uh, the guy that did the study here. And that may lead to them being overfed. Because after all, every time we hear a baby cry, we assume they're hungry. Um, researchers do know, though, that kids set their sleeping and eating patterns during these early years. And once those patterns are set, they can be hard to break. So that's pretty, in to me, I find that very interesting. 
uh, especially the fact that, you know, why, why, because I know when I was little, I couldn't stay up late. I wasn't allowed to. On occasion, if somebody that I really, really liked was on Johnny Carson, yes, I'm dating myself, uh, you know, then I would be able to stay up. But I always had a, a rule. My mom said, you know, if you do stay up, you can't be grumpy. You, you've got to do everything you normally do the next day. So don't think you're getting out of chores because you're tired. But in general, I had a bedtime and I had to stick to it. And once you kind of get your kids knowing that this is not negotiable, and that may take a while for them to establish a a bedtime. I know we're going through that now with, with my stepson, who's 13. He wants to stay up till whenever. And it's like, no, 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 you, you need to get sleep. And it shows if your kids are sleeping into, you know, the crack of three on the weekends, they're probably not getting enough sleep during the, um, the week. And in, in terms of adults, I know that when we're tired, we don't have the stamina. We don't have the, we're, we're easy to just say, ah, screw it, right? And reach for that giant candy bar. And I should probably mention that, you know, Halloween is right around the corner. And right after that is Thanksgiving. And right after that is Christmas. And this is, this is that time of year when people pack on around 10 pounds, which is why we have the ever popular, you know, New Year's Eve resolution. And my advice here is, Number one, try to find, I don't know, buy a little box of raisins to hand out to kids. I was at Target the other night, and I'm telling you, they had taken about 20% of the store and just lined it with candy. I mean, how many different variations of a Reese's cup do we need? It's the big one. It's the small one. It's the whatever. It was amazing to just candy after candy after candy after candy followed by the costumes and such. But number one, they put all the candy on sale. I think the day after Valentine's day, you don't have to buy it. If you, if you're going to pass out kids, you know, if you're going to pass out kids, well, that would be fun. You know, how many parents want to do that? <laughs> Here, take my kids trick or treat. Ha! Huh? That's a treat for you. No, if you're going to hand out candy, Buy it the day before. Don't open it. No, don't open it because you know you just can't have one. Don't buy candy you like. So for me, I'd be buying. Um, what kind, it's hard to pick a candy that you don't like, isn't it? Probably Three Musketeers. Not a huge fan of that. Uh, you know, buy those. Something that you're not gonna, you know, because for me, if I bought Reese cups, I'm doomed. That's one of my faves. Or Snickers, and. uh so if you're going to buy candy, buy candy that you don't like. Buy it the day before you hand it out. And if there's any left, throw it away. Uh, smash it with a hammer. Do whatever it takes to make it unedible so that you don't do that. Now, when the kids come home, number one, go through their candy. That would be my advice. Make sure that nobody's throwing any shenanigans in there. And you might want to ration some of theirs as well, because otherwise they're going to, you know, end up eating. Well, what'd you have for, for breakfast today? Snickers. Um, I had a couple Reese cups and a sucker and some sweet tarts. Well, that's healthy. Um, 
you know, you, and you might, you know, depending, I, I know some parents that basically go through, they pick the kids' favorites and they throw the rest away. Cause after all, uh, they didn't pay anything for it. And, uh, it, it takes that out of their diet and it stops Halloween from being, you know, two weeks of eating candy down to maybe two days of eating candy. Because after all, stuff's poison. Stuff's no good for you. And the fact that it's free doesn't, you know, and I I know that's going to be a hard sell to a seven-year-old, but uh, just keep that in mind. Halloween's uh, just a horrible, in terms of holidays, it kicks off the holiday season just in the worst direction it can, right? So that is going to do it for this edition of, of uh, the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I want to remind you that if you're looking for any kind of uh, fitness items, check out our website. You can go to shop.logicalloss.com. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, it does cost money to put this out. If you go to logicalloss.com forward slash support, and uh, you can also visit any of the links out at our website, which again is logicalloss.com. And we will see you again real soon with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, let me remind you that why are you choosing failure when success is still an option? Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Logical Weight Loss. Our website is LogicalLoss.com. This is Dave reminding you, live right, lose weight, live long. Live long.